Good morning and welcome family. Are you ready to move beyond your personal comfort and mindset? Buckle up because today Pastor Louis will show us how the Holy Spirit empowers us to move beyond our personal limits, looking at Peter's journey in the book of Acts. Let's launch into the service by welcoming God's presence in praise and worship. your name Lord we bless your name Lord because of you we can stand here and be brave because of you Lord Jesus we thank you Lord I stand before you now the greatness of your I 
So we will move with you, Lord. Wherever you go, we will move with you, Lord. We need your move, Lord, so we can follow your move. Where you go, Lord, we'll go. What you say, we'll say. What you do, we'll do. We'll move with you, Lord. We'll move with you, Lord. And mountains are still being moved And strongholds are still being loosed And God, we believe Yes, we can see that Wonders are still what you do And bodies are still being raised and giants are still being slain And God, we believe Yes, we can see that Wonders are still what you do We are here for you Come and do what you do We are here you do 
that you will speak to us and strengthen us in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning. It's so great to be with you again. And uh, this is the part of the service where we give our tithes and our pay our, uh, our offerings. And I want to invite you to do so as you feel uh, your response to the Lord is in worship and how you want to express your love for Him. Won't you just make use of the facilities we provide on the screen right now on how you can give. And thank you for your faithfulness uh, continuously and always in giving. Well, I don't know if you've realized, but today, a year ago, we began 
uh, our journey into lockdown and dealing with COVID-19. It was on the 15th of March, this Sunday last year, that the president made the announcement of the lockdown. And who knew we would have been a year later and we're still dealing with it. I think at that time we all thought it's going to be a, a, a couple of months and then we'll be over it. But here we are. But we are so thankful for the Lord's faithfulness, for how he's carried us as a community through this year, how he's, how he's done so many good things among us, and for all the learning and the development that has happened over this year and all the breakthroughs that we've had. And I trust that in your own family and in your individual lives, you're also thankful for what the Lord has done. And as we continue to move forward with him in 2020 and take new ground in this time, we're so thankful for, for God's faithfulness. And it's around that I want to share with you today in our Move With God series. And the title of my message is Move To Go Beyond. And I want to talk today about how the gospel breaks through barriers and goes beyond where we think it should or could go, how the gospel can go further. And to, to illustrate that, I want to show you a little video clip of uh, Dick Fosbury that made the Fosbury flop uh, famous, and uh, it's a high jump method. And uh, so, why don't you just watch this little video clip, and then uh, I'm going to use that to, to launch into the message with. So, thank you. Olympicos de Mexico. The Olympic high jump changed forever on October 20th, 1968. The location was Mexico City. All was normal until a gangly 21-year-old civil engineering student in mismatched running shoes did this. That man's name was Dick Fosbury. And although it may not seem unusual to your eyes now, in 1968 it was revolutionary. On that day in Mexico City, the Olympic Games saw its first Fosbury flop. And it has rarely seen anything else ever since. So Dick Fosbury, when he was at school, was remarkable for being unremarkable. That's a quote from one of his t coaches at high school. He, he couldn't succeed at football, and so therefore he went for track and field athletics, and he tried to, to do something in track and field. His grade nine a record for high jump was five foot four inches. And uh, he, he went from a change technique slightly and tried the scissor technique and got a little bit you know, more out of, uh, and that's where he got to five foot four, but he couldn't get any further. He couldn't get any higher in jumping. And so eventually when he went to uh, varsity and studied engineering, as the clip says, he, he then started figuring out that there's a way that if you curve your back, your center of gravity actually remains below the bar and therefore you can go higher. And so here, as you saw in the 1968 Olympic Games in Mexico, he brought his new technique to the world and changed the way that high jumping is done forever. By the time the 1972 games came about, the 28 out of the 40 competitors in the high jump at that stage then did the Fosbury flop, used his technique. And today, I don't know when last you've seen somebody do high jump and does not use their technique. It's the common technique. But it all began because Dick Fosbury had an idea. And his idea broke convention, broke the wisdom of the day. Everybody said it was impossible. And he set the new record for seven foot four inches. So went to a whole new level because of that. And since then, everybody's just improving because of the technique he brought about. Everybody so often says something's impossible until it's done. And so often the barriers that we face in our lives are our mindsets, aren't they? It's the way we think about something. We've been taught, we've been schooled, we've been, we've been you know, acclimatized by people around us that this is the way to think about something, and then we stay within the confines of that. And then every now and then somebody comes along and they break that barrier, whether it's the sound barrier that gets broken, whether it's a race barrier or a gender barrier that gets broken, or whether the barrier into space is broken, or the four-minute mile by Roger Bannister is broken. But there's so often barriers that somebody just has to break and they break it because they begin to think differently. There's a great quote by Jake Ducey. He says the following, The biggest obstacle in our lives are the barriers our mind creates. Our mind creates these barriers that we think when a problem arises or when we want to do something, we are caught in a little box. We are caught in a certain framework. And we try and solve the problem from everything that's within that framework. But every now and then somebody comes along or something happens and somebody actually thinks outside of that framework and then comes up with a whole new solution 
that was never thought of before to the problem. Um, I, I, I want to quote the, the very well-known, famous philosopher, Captain Jack Sparrow, from, uh, from the movies, the, the pirate of the Caribbean movies, and he said the following, there is not a, the problem is not the problem. The problem is your attitude about the problem. I think that's so true. Whenever we come to face a challenge and a problem, we so often have an attitude, a way of thinking, a mindset about that problem. And then our ability to solve that problem or move forward in that problem is hindered by this barrier of our mindset. Now, when we read the book of Acts, we encounter a couple of situations, but one in particular today that I want to reference, where the gospel was almost stopped by a mindset barrier that people had. The advancing, the spreading of the gospel was almost hindered because people had a mindset that, that they said the gospel belongs in a certain space with a certain amount of people. They had this box that they said, this is where the gospel will be preached and this is where the gospel will be accepted and to whom the gospel can be preached. But God had to, by His Spirit, help those New Testament believers to break through that mindset, through that barrier, so that the gospel could spread. If it wasn't for that barrier that was broken in, in some, one of the stories, for instance, that we're going to read today, and in that time period, you and I wouldn't have received the gospel. But because the Spirit was able to move those new Christians and to move them to a place of breaking through their mindset and the barriers in their mind, the gospel spread throughout the then known world and is has spread throughout the, all over the globe now and is continuing to spread in every place. There's no place where the gospel does not find a home. And we want to make sure that in our day also there's no mindsets and limitations that we are boxing the work of the Lord in. So I want to read with you today from Acts 10. And it's the well-known story of Peter and Cornelius. So Acts 10 verse 1 to 4 I want to read with you first. At Caesarea... There was a man named Cornelius, a centurion, in what was known as the Italian regiment. He and his, all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously, generously sorry, to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius, Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord, he asked. You see, the mindset that was going on at the day was that the gospel belonged to Jewish people. That if you wanted to receive the Messiah, you had to become a Jew first. That this good news that was being preached about Jesus, that is the Savior of the world, the access into that message had to be that you had to be a Jew first, and then you can come in and receive the extension of the Jewish message, that which was prophesied to the Jews, that which was given to the Jews and came about through the Jews. You had to come in through that avenue, that pathway of being Jewish. And, and even if you were a proselyte and were first of all a Gentile, you had to then become a Jew, and from there you can move on towards understanding who the Messiah was and Jesus was. And so here we find a man, Cornelius, a Roman Soldier, a, a leader of men, and a centurion, a man of stature and importance. And we, we read that he was a devout person. He had a relationship with God. He loved God and he acted in a way that was consistent with God's value system. But yet he wasn't a Jew. He was a Roman. And uh, God reached out to him in a sense. It's, it's almost like we're hearing today of, of people in Middle Eastern countries and that are dreaming about God. God reaching out to them and they're seeking. They don't quite know what they're seeking for, but they, they, it's like they get God's attention and God comes and introduces himself to them. Here we see it with Cornelius. God comes through an angel and appears to Cornelius and he says, hello, here I am. And he introduces himself to Cornelius. And now Cornelius is in a, in a, in a bit of a challenging spot. Because he's now meeting this God in an illegitimate way. He's, he's not going the pathway that he's supposed to go according to the, the, the belief of the time. And that means that, that 
He's feeling insecure and he doesn't quite know how to respond and what to do. And that's why God directs him so clearly. And God gives him such a good sense of, of what he is to do next. The angel answered, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner whose house is by the sea. And God says to him, this is the next step. You have to go. And, and I've got a servant that you need to connect with so that I can do something powerful. You see, at that point in time, Cornelius and his family were on the out. They weren't part of the inn. They weren't part of the group that everybody was expecting salvations to happen with and where Christians were to come from. He was outside of that group. It's Peter and perhaps other believers at the time, they knew about the Romans, they knew about the Gentiles, they knew where they were there. But when they considered them, when they thought about them, it wasn't included in their mind that when Jesus said, go and preach the gospel, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth, they did not think that somebody like Cornelius was included in that command. What they typically thought was that they would go to all the parts of the world where there were Jews, and to the Jews they would preach the gospel. But now God is short-circuiting. He's moving outside of the framework. He's breaking the barrier, and he's saying, no, no, there's another way. There's another possibility here. And so God says to Cornelius, come and go meet Simon. And I'm sure many of us can relate that there's been times in our lives where we felt like we're not on the inside, that that. Perhaps there's some things that are happening in life and developing and some benefits that can happen. And, but we, we're not really included in that. We're not really part of that. And, and so often we can feel like we're on the out. We're not, we're not on the in. And it's the way of the world. The way of the world always creates in people that are in and people that are out. People that are, it's meant for certain things and people who it's not meant for. People for whom truth is more applied than what it is applied to the lives of others. And, and we can feel marginalized. And in our nation, we certainly have a history of that. And, and so today, even I want to just recognize that so many that are watching me, not only in, in South Africa, but in other parts of the world, you can feel like <clears throat> you, you, you don't quite fit. You don't quite belong. I want to say to you, in the kingdom of God, there's no barrier that says you can't belong. You can't be part of the family of God. You can't find your home in God. God, that's the, the amazing thing about the gospel. And as we've spoken about it quite often in the last while, how the gospel is for all. Neil spoke about that last week. The gospel's for all. It's bringing everybody in. And so if you feel like you left out, you feel like you're on the outside, you feel like you're marginalized in any way, I want to pray with you today and, and, and just, just say to you, the Father's arms are open wide and he's saying, come, come to me. Come, the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross is available to you. All you need to do is believe in him. Have faith in what Christ has done so that you can also come into the family of God. Let's pray together. If you're feeling marginalized today, if you're feeling like you're on the outside, can I, can I just take a moment before I carry on with the rest of the message and just pray with you? Father, I thank you that every name of every person is before you. Like Cornelius' name was before you. So my name is before you. Every name is before you. You know us. You made us. And right now you are standing before every person with your arms open wide saying, Come. Come to me. Come home. Come into your family. Come into the kingdom of God. And that that is an invitation that is open for everybody. All we need to do is believe and receive the work of Jesus that was done on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. And by faith, we receive the grace that we need to become part of your family. And I pray that right now, any person that feels like they're on the out, that feels marginalized, that feels like they're not fitting, they don't quite belong, I pray right now that they will experience by your Spirit just an embrace that says, come, come home to me, a welcome like the prodigal son's father embracing the prodigal son, that in that same way you're embracing us and you're saying, come home. This is your home. This is your place where you belong. And I pray for that right now, that no person would be caught and held captive by the lie of the enemy, that we're not good enough, that we, that we don't fit, that we don't belong. It's not for us. But I, I want to reach through these digital platforms today and, and in a sense embrace and say, come, come to the Father. 
I thank you, Holy Spirit, that right now you're drawing people to you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you feel the Lord was speaking to you in that prayer, and if you feel that in that moment, can I ask you that you, that you connect with our team at the end of the service and just tell them and, and just let them continue to pray with you. And, and even if today you made a decision to give your heart to Jesus, won't you tell them and let them pray with you? And we would love to just help you in that process. Because the kingdom of God is for everyone. Everybody has a, a place in it. And that's what we see developing through this story. As the barrier is being broken of the, the line between Jew and Gentile. And that the, 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 the kingdom only belongs to the Jews. And in verse 9 we read on continuously from, uh, we continue to read in Acts 10 verse 9. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being led down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. This is like breaking all the barriers in Peter's mind that he would see something like this. All the boxes, all the framework that he had in his mind told him that there are certain things that are clean and certain things that are unclean. That's how he grew up. That's how his ancestors grew up. That was drilled into him that God made certain things clean and certain things unclean. And you cannot eat what is unclean. And that if you did that, you would actually break the law of God and, and that you would be on the wrong side of what God expected. But now God himself is saying to Peter, kill and eat. Break through that barrier. Step through that framework that you've had. Peter's response in verse 14. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. So he's like, he's thinking God is tempting him. He's thinking this is a test from God. And he's trying to say, no, I've never done it. And I'm not going to do it now. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. The fact that it happened three times tells you how strong this mindset was for Peter, how strongly entrenched it was in him that there was this barrier that he shouldn't cross. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out, asking if Simon was known uh, as Peter was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon three, the, Simon, three men are looking for you. Get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Can you see how God is working with Peter? He's step by step leading him to break this boundary, to break through this barrier. And almost like that picture that I showed earlier of a, a, a jet breaking through a, a sound barrier. It's like this was about to happen. God was working and in, in, in this in, in event, Peter was going to break through that barrier. And there was going to be an explosion that would reverberate throughout history and time. The gospel was going to break through a barrier. As Peter entered the house, he went down to Cornelius' house. Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence, but Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said, I'm only a man myself. I, when I read this, I thought, I wonder what some of these spiritual leaders do today, these big spiritual leaders that make the people bow at their feet when they enter a room or you know, stuff like that. I wonder what they do with that scripture. Peter said, no, 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 I'm just a man. I'm just like you. Don't, don't treat me in that way. This is not about me. While talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. So Peter is in an uncomfortable place, man. He's outside of his comfort zone. He's completely feeling probably like Jonah felt when God sent him to the Ninevites. Like, what am I doing here? I shouldn't be here. I'm, I'm going against God's law by being here. I'm, I'm not doing what God wants me to do. But then he says, but God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So he was starting to translate the message that God was giving him. God spoke to him about the animals to eat, but now he was starting to understand what God was saying. The Spirit was revealing to him. The Spirit was guiding him. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. May I ask why you sent for me? What are we doing? What's happening here? What's going on? What is this event all about? 
And then he listened to them and they spoke to him. And then in verse 34 to 35, we hear these amazing words, this amazing response from Peter. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. There's not some people before God that are in and some people that are out. Naturally, just because of, uh, but everybody is included in the invitation to become part of God's family, to find their home in God by having faith in the Lord Jesus. What he's actually saying is God is not saying, is, is, he's beginning to realize that the pathway is not through the Jews only. It's, it's not through, you know, you, before you can meet Jesus, you have to become a Jew. He's starting to recognize that the only path towards the Father is through Jesus. Jesus plus nothing else. Only faith in Jesus, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. And verse 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles. The Gentiles were having the same experience as what the Jewish believers were having. So in that moment, they recognized there's no discrepancy. There's no difference. God is moving in the same way among the Gentiles as he did among the Jews. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. No one can stand in the way. No one can stop what God is doing. Because the mindset, in it, I think it's in that moment where you hear that bang of the barrier being broken. And of the gospel breaking through that which seemed to be impenetrable. That would contain the spreading of the gospel. In that moment the gospel broke through that barrier. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. What an amazing encounter. What an amazing experience that they had. Mindsets being broken. Both of the Gentiles and the Jews. In that moment, their mindsets were being broken. The kingdom challenged them. The kingdom showed them the higher truth, the bigger picture, God's will. And suddenly when they were standing in that moment, the Jewish believers could look back over the Old Testament. And through many stories in the Old Testament and prophecies that were made by the prophets, they could recognize. But actually God has been speaking about this all along. But we took what God said and we framed it in the mindset that fits us, that suits us. And so their nationalistic mindset that said, before you can come to Jesus, you have to become a Jew. So they were saying, Jesus plus being Jewish is what's needed for salvation. Now they were recognizing Jesus plus nothing equals salvation. Only Jesus. You don't have to become a Jew. You don't have to become a male. You don't have to become a female. You don't have to be a certain ethnicity. You don't have to be a certain education. You don't have to be a certain state of, of economic state, rich or poor. You don't have to be clever or smart, but it's Jesus only. Jesus plus nothing else is what we need to enter into the kingdom of God. And that's the news that came that the gospel broke and shattered those barriers, and continues to do today, continues all over the world, in every culture, in every society, to break down those barriers, those man-made structures and patterns and attitudes that we bring to, the, to, you know, to life and to say, well, you know, if we're going to know God, we first, the gospel just breaks through all of that. And I think in our day, we're living in a time right now, again, where some of our patterns are being challenged. Some of our mindsets are being challenged. And, and, and because of environment and things that we are, are going through, right now we can't meet in our churches with more than 100 people. And, and I know we miss the fellowship. And I know we miss the gathering together of the saints. And, it's, and, it's, and we look forward to the day that we can have corporate worship and for us as Hatfielders, you know, with our bigger churches, that we can, that it's meaningful to come together, and it's actually possible to come together, all of us. It'll be fantastic, and I, I look forward to that day. I, I really do it, and we, and, and we're going to do it again, and we're going to. But right now, this is a wonderful opportunity for us to just make sure we don't have a barrier in our minds and attitude that we've developed over time that limits God. And perhaps our attitude is something like this: we cannot be experiencing church or be the church. Unless we can gather in our buildings with as many people as we, as we want to. I think that's a mindset that's being challenged right now. That right now, we can spend a lot of energy and, on fighting to 
that and to say, no, we've got to be able to meet as churches and we've got to be allowed because otherwise we can't be Christians. And, and I understand that and I have empathy with that. And, but I think there's something more that we can step into right now. And I remind you what the scripture says in Acts 5 verse 42 about these New Testament believers. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house. They never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. These New Testament believers experienced the, the gospel and the kingdom of God and the fellowship of the believers, both in the temple courts, which speaks of the bigger context of a bigger gathering, and from house to house. Experiencing the kingdom of God house to house is a legitimate, very necessary expression of the kingdom and of what it means to be church. And therefore, I want to say to you, we have an opportunity right now. Hatfielders, Hatfield East, Hatfield South, I want to say to you, we have an opportunity right now. We have an opportunity to be the church in many different locations, in all over the place. Just think, right now in our city today, there are a couple of, you know, more than a thousand venues, places right now where people are having church. We used to have church in two locations on a Sunday. Now we're having it in more than a thousand locations. And guess what? Not only in Pretoria, but all over South Africa and all over the world right now. People are having church with us. That wasn't possible in the past. Last week we had an amazing thing that we saw how many people from, from um, uh, Russia, the Ukraine, Belarus, and um, uh, were, were joining us for the service. And um, we're... Uh, in Armenia, we had a, just an amazing group of people joining us from there. And we don't quite know how that happened. And so if you're one of those people watching and joining our service from those places, so great to have you with us. And right now we're connected to people all over the world, all over our city, all over our nation. As the gospel is being shared and lived in so many different venues. And I think that's an opportunity for us to be even a little bit more intentional with that. And so that's why our response at this point in time is when people ask, are we gathering as Hatfield? You know, are we going back to live services with 100 people? We say, yes, we are gathering and we are having services, not live services in our building at the moment, but in every home, in, in every venue where we can. And, and I want to invite you. Why don't you right now begin to take this service and, and we want to call it in-person watch parties. And to begin to have in-person watch parties and be part of an in-person watch parties. What that, what that can look like is, uh, first of all, what will be great is if you as a family or you as an individual would invite one or two people or another family and say, come, let's have church together on Sunday. Let's share together the church. Let's be community. Let's express our community together and begin to bring others with you and enjoy the service. We've heard many stories already of people doing that. And in our own family, we've had opportunities to do that in invite friends and come and have services with us. And we've had wonderful opportunities to pray with them. And won't you do that? Won't you begin to say, man, like the gospel is being taught here in Acts 5 verse 42. It says, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. This wasn't the apostles going from house to house and, you know, having a schedule only. And um, they did that also. But it was also those everyday believers that were teaching the gospel, living the gospel with one another. Now, you don't have to do the teaching. You don't have to do the music ministry. We give that to you. Just invite people and use the questions and, 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 and as a time of prayer and fellowship together. So the first way to do that is invite somebody. Secondly, our community groups. Why don't you begin to gather around a service as a community group and, and, and be an expression of the church. Be the church together in that moment. Perhaps even two community groups, if you've got a venue that's of that size, begin to meet together. And if there's more people, then what we'll do is we, we will look for venues that accommodate you know, more people. And we want to gather together, obviously within the regulations and what is safe and all the protocols of, of how you know sanit sanitization of your hands and wearing masks and all of that thing. And, but won't you consider to start saying it's now allowed? Let's gather together and let's be the church. Not only in Pretoria. I want to invite not only the people that are Hatfielders living here in Pretoria. But perhaps you, you, you're living in Morimole or you're living in East London and you're part of our service. Why don't you begin to watch with friends and invite them 
and share the service with them and say, come, let's pray together. Perhaps you're in another country. Perhaps you're in Maputo. Perhaps you're in, in, in Luanda or in Kinshasa or perhaps you are in Kiev or Minsk or London or San Francisco, wherever you are. Why don't you begin to say to people, come and let's form these communities of disciples and gatherings of disciples all over the world that are together in our love for Jesus and our desire to be disciples and to make disciples. This is a great opportunity to do that. And that's where we want to invest our energy. There will come a time, not too long from now, where we will again have mass on-site gatherings. But I think there's something that is, we can give an opportunity for something to develop here. That will continue on of the gathering of believers also in smaller groups and mid-sized groups that actually become little community expressions that allows for others to join in and to, for us to reach others even more effectively. So, but we'll see where it goes when, when we get there. We're going to have great services again together and have our, our big gatherings. But let's trust the Lord right now that we are able to step in and that our, our minds will not be caught in a framework and an attitude and a mindset that says, until we get back to the building, we can't have church. Until we can have big service corporate worship in our wonderful, beautiful facilities, we can't have church. Let's, let's break that mindset and let's say, come on. And that's every one of us, every single one of us. Let's, let's get that attitude of saying, this is an opportunity. Now I can, I can reach out to others. I can build community with fellow believers. We can share together around a service that is streamed, provided for you. All you have to do is get people together, host them, be friendly, you know, give them some tea and coffee if you, if you can. And, um, and then put the service off and you watch the service and then you pray with one another and you share and have a bit of fellowship and that's all. So won't we step in boldly into this opportunity that the Lord has given us? And I want to I encourage you right now. The gospel is being spread across the world. Let's not think that the gospel is being hindered. We are hearing amazing stories of what God is doing all across the world. The gospel is not being hindered. The church is not being hindered from spreading the gospel. We may have to change our approach. We may have to change our mindset, which I think is a good thing. To learn some new patterns. To, to develop. Let's move forward. Let's take hold of this opportunity. Let's not be too worried and spend too much energy on all the stuff we can't do. Let's focus on what we can do. Let's, let's be people that break through the barriers. Let's be like Dick Fosbury that, that looks at the problem and says, perhaps there's another solution. Perhaps there's a different way. And who knows? Perhaps we're changing the way things are being done. So that the gospel can go further. Perhaps right now the gospel is breaking, breaking through barriers that we have set. And it's moving beyond. The Spirit of God, through the power of the gospel, is moving us to go beyond. And let's respond. And let's take up the challenge. I want to pray with you. You are a servant of God. You are the instrument. You are the workers that Jesus said, pray to the workers, to the Lord of the harvest, to send forth workers. That's you and me. All of us, we are the workers empowered by the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit empower you. And let's go and reap the harvest. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for the privilege of being your church in these days and times. Thank you, Lord, that you are calling us to stand up, to move forward, to be a people that take hold of the opportunities, Father. And I, I trust you for that. I trust for every believer that's joining me today, that in their space, in their context, in the place where you've called them and placed them to be the one that proclaims the gospel, that you will empower them, that you will enable them, Lord, to bring the gospel to other people, to live the gospel before people, to extend the gospel. And we pray for this idea, Lord, of gathering together in in in-person in watch parties and to do services together. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to, to draw together and, and express your kingdom in a way that includes others and draws others into our space and into our love for you. And, and let this happen, Lord, not only in Pretoria, not only in South Africa, but in every part of the world where your spirit is moving through us and in this way. And we thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. May the spirit of God help you in this week, to break through the barriers that the enemy is trying to set to contain what God is doing in your life and so that you may go beyond. It's been such a privilege to be with you. May the Lord bless you. Know that we love you and uh, we trust God for His great working in your lives. Amen.
Thanks for the empowering message, Pastor Louis. I'm certainly inspired to move beyond my personal comfort and mindset. I'm Sean, and I head up the Hope Center at Hatfield. Are you stressed, overwhelmed, in need of hope or struggling to cope? We offer emotional, mental, and spiritual support to individuals, couples, and families through our online courses and free counseling. We are especially excited about two courses which start again in April, Becoming One for Couples Considering Marriage and our Smart Step and Blended Family course for Step Families. Contact our Hope Center by emailing hopecounseling at hatfield.co.za or hopecourses at hatfield.co.za or visit our Facebook page at Hatfield Hope Center for more information about how we can help and support you. If you need prayer for healing or breakthrough, we have a whole team dedicated to praying for you. Email your prayer requests to prayforme at hatfield.co.za. For face-to-face -face ministry via Zoom, use the link on screen to dial into our virtual prayer room directly after our Sunday services or on Monday evenings at 7 p.m. There's so much happening in our community that we'd love you to be aware of. If you're not on our mailing list and would like to receive electronic communication from us, use the link on screen to get your contact details into a database that will keep you connected. We continue to meet online on Sunday mornings, but encourage you to start streaming our services together in smaller groups across the city or to join one of our watch parties on our church premises. High schoolers, Reverb has commenced with live on-site services as of today. And young adults, you get to meet for live on-site services on Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. That's all the announcements for today. May the Holy Spirit empower you to move with Him beyond your personal limits this week.